0: Welcome to the Inside Dreaming Podcast. I'm Dr. Rob Antonacci, and this is a sacred space dedicated to exploring dreams and their power to unlock creativity, wellness, and spiritual growth. Welcome back to the podcast, dreamers. I'm really glad to have you here. Here's the setup. In today's episode, I'm going to share a few new tools for your dreaming toolbox, The first is called Circumambulation. Don't worry, I'll explain what it is and how you can use it with your dreams. Then we'll explore the difference between our waking ego and our dream ego and why it matters in our dream work. And then for a little insightful fun, I'll answer a couple of dreaming questions. So let's turn on the music and dance. All righty then. So there is this Jungian dream technique called circumambulate. Ambulate meaning to walk, and circum meaning about or around. The object of this technique is to encourage further exploration of a dream as a full landscape or any of its component parts, like maybe a person or an object that draws your focus or attention. And there are several different ways that we can consider using this technique. The first I call the walk around. Think of this option, like a spiral walking in wide circles around an object, getting closer and closer to the center with each pass. So when we circumambulate something in a dream, like a person or an object, we can circle that person or object from a distance, getting closer with each pass. This allows the dreamer to consider views that might otherwise go unnoticed with a 2D approach to the dream, sort of a flat approach. It provides a view from many angles, including from a distance from afar, and also from near, maybe even from above or below if you get creative. You can notice the big picture from farther away and more intricate details from up close. You can walk around and notice things from the object or the person's point of view, which also might add value to your exploration. Whether it's viewing an object or a person from one side or the other, from above or below or from far away or up close, the point is it gives you a very different angle or perspective from which to relate to that image and maybe give you something new or something different to chew on. This approach can be particularly helpful when you're stumped or you have a mystery on your hands and you can't quite figure out what the dream is actually trying to say. This allows you to really get your hands dirty and dig deeper. The next version of this approach is more akin to the Aussie walkabout. This is great for exploring the dream landscape as a whole or a particular location or setting that you notice in your dream. Most Americans were introduced to this term, walkabout, thanks to the movie Crocodile Dundee and the craze for all things Australian back in the 1980s. In the movie, it related to a spontaneous journey or trip that stemmed from a need to move or travel, to scratch an itch, to be on the open road, or explore new places. So from this sort of pop culture point of view, we can use a walkabout in our dream for the same purposes. Let's say that you dreamt of a weird house or location. Well, using this approach, you could explore much more than a static image that you recall in the morning. You can recreate the place in your imagination and see what else is there. You can examine aspects of the place that might have been missed by your waking ego's retelling of the dream. The heritage of the Australian walkabout has deeper spiritual origins than the pop culture, of course, stemming from the rite of passage used by the Aboriginal culture as well as some shamanic and indigenous cultures. Once an adolescent boy reached a certain age, he would go on a journey of self-discovery by venturing into the wilderness. By the way, girls have a different coming-of-age ritual. So from this more spiritual vantage point, the walkabout might be asking us to understand a place or a location and its obstacles or challenges as a soul challenge getting us to examine the metaphors and allegories of our dreams from a more existential or soul perspective. It's an interesting note that the Aboriginal culture that created the walkabout believed in something called dream time, which represented the time when their ancestors created the world. It's a fascinating creation myth that strongly associates and connects dreams to the realm of spirituality, spiritual connection, and growth which I find very cool. Let's move on to another topic that I think is important to dream work. And it's the concept of the dream ego and how it's different from our waking ego. Well, without going too fast, let's take a second to talk about ego as a concept from an everyday cultural perspective. Ego can be defined as a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. For example, she has a healthy ego, or his ego got bruised, or what an egomaniac. In many schools of psychology, ego represents a conscious thinking or aware subject. That part of us that is aware of experiencing our life, surroundings, feelings, people, etc., then it's fair to say that the ego can get a bad rap, right? With many connotations of negative self-involvement. However, it's worth noting that ego can be healthy. And that usually happens when it is in relationship with psyche or the unconscious. A healthy ego integrates material that comes up from the unconscious in the form of dreams, feelings, images, intuition, etc., and makes adjustments that make for a more balanced individual. That is what I often have referred to as the waking ego, the center of awareness for our waking life. The dream ego is that center of awareness within our dream, that subject that moves through our dream landscape as a representation of us and experiences and makes choices or reacts to the content of the dream. So said another way, the dream ego is the identity that is having the dream. So I want you to consider this important nuance as you do your dream work to reveal new insights and deepen your process. When considering the dream ego, there are a few perspectives that we can look at. The first is that the dream ego is in sync with our waking ego. So when your dream ego takes a point of view that is compatible with your waking ego, there's no inner conflict, right? So for example, let's say that you have a dream where you're being attacked by a stranger and you have to fight back in order to defend yourself. And in that fight... Uh, you may even need to get violent or hurt your attacker in order to get free. If there is no conflict and your dream ego does what you would do while you were awake, that might put a very different slant or focus on that dream work. The second way to look at dream ego is the shadow perspective. The shadow is the part of our personality that contains all of the qualities or characteristics that we don't want, that we don't like, or can't tolerate about ourselves. The dark side. Jung described the shadow as the thing a person has no wish to be. The natural tendency is to hide this darkness, to numb or repress or bury it. All you have to do is watch the way people behave on a first date, or what people post on social media to see this in action. In the earlier example, let's say the shadow perspective of the dream ego is that what happened in that dream is something your waking ego would never do or consider. For example, I would never be violent or hurt somebody under any circumstance, as an example. That brings up conflict, right? The dream ego is in conflict or opposes what you might do in your waking life. When this happens, it can cause a lot of discomfort. And from this point of view, the focus of the dream would definitely shift, right? Now maybe you're paying more attention to your feelings. Or maybe a different part of the dream pulls your focus. Does that make sense? Just FYI, shadow work is some of the most difficult work and needs to be approached with a sense of reverence. When you're doing this work on your own instead of with a trained professional like a therapist, you always want to make sure that you're grounded and can find your way back to balance, especially when dealing with upsetting dreams, images, attitudes, and stories. Okay? The third way to notice the dream ego is what I call the inner witness. Sometimes the dream ego doesn't take a stance in the dream one way or the other, and is merely a witness to the content or the happenings. This may be different for everyone, but in my experience, this occurs when I seem to have two centers of awareness in the dream— like I'm somehow watching myself have the dream experience from a different perspective or a different place in the dream. You know, kind of like a third person experience in a video game. In addition, the feelings in this scenario of the dream ego are tamped down. I notice that my feelings feel a bit more neutral, even when the dream content is exciting or powerful. So in our earlier example, Being violent or hurting someone could potentially be an emotional experience, right? Even traumatizing for some people. When my inner witness is active, it takes the emotional charge out. And I can then focus on various aspects in a different and perhaps more objective way. The last aspect of the dream ego that I'd like you to consider is when it represents our higher self or soul. There are times when we dream when we become aware of a higher purpose or a teachable moment or a spiritually grounded lesson in the dream. So using our example again, your dream ego might become aware of your spiritual values about violence or self-protection that are present in the dreaming experience. Like it's alerting us to an important life lesson to consider. Again, this perspective will alter the way in which we relate to the dream and it will shift the focus and the message. As an aside, when you are able to affect the dream ego, make choices from that perspective. That is what some people call lucid dreaming the ability to move through your dream world and make choices in the same way that we do while we're awake. But that is the topic for another episode. So to summarize, using circumambulation, the walk around and the walkabout approaches, and understanding the difference between your dream ego and your waking ego, I'm hoping that it will add depth and richness to your process. So give it a try. Before I answer a couple of dreaming questions, I wanted to take a minute to say thank you to all of you who sent encouraging emails and posts or took the time to give the podcast a positive rating or review. It really means a lot. So thank you very much. Now let's put the rubber to the road and answer a couple of quick dreaming questions. The first one What does it mean? To dream that you're kissing your crush. Well, first of all, yay. It's always nice to have a feel-good dream, isn't it? You could go a couple of ways here. From the objective perspective, which we talked about in an earlier episode, the dream may be about your actual waking life crush. And the dream might be asking you to consider relating to this person in a new way. The dream may be revealing to you the desire that you have to connect with something or someone else. Remember, the dream is always bringing us new insights to master, right? Otherwise, there's no point. From the subjective point of view, meaning that your crush is actually a part of you or represents a part of you, the dream may be asking you to consider connecting with a part of you that seems out of reach or intimidating or exciting as crushes, especially new or unrequited ones, tend to be. Or maybe it's your soul giving you a hit of dopamine to make you feel a little bit better when you've had a tough week. Or maybe you need a little hope or something to look forward to. So those are just a couple of ways that you might consider looking at that dream. The next one. What does it mean when I've dreamt that I am eating a pineapple? (laughs) I love this question, not because I love pineapples, but because it's such a great reminder to talk about the following. Sometimes there's a tendency to overthink every aspect of our lives. You know you do it. You know I'm talking to you. As Freud would say, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. However, it's the meaning that counts, right? So is the image of a pineapple important in some way? Do you live in Hawaii? Maybe that's your thing. I don't know. Does it bring up a memory or a moment in your life that's calling to you or asking for some airtime? If so, go to town. Maybe it's the only dream that you can recall from the week, and that's all you've got to work on. No problem. Working on this dream may still bear fruit. Haha, you get it. If it's not important and doesn't have a charge, it's totally okay to let that sort of everyday stuff go sometimes. Honestly, we could all improve our mental health and sense of well-being if we could learn to let some things go. The world is massively complex and overwhelming a lot of the time. Sometimes letting go of the noise and taking a more simple and straightforward approach can be refreshing and make life a whole lot lighter. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Inside Dreaming. Remember, you can join our email list so you don't miss future episodes. Give us your feedback on today's podcast or ask a dreaming question you'd like to have answered on air by heading over to InsideDreaming.com. Until next time, sweet dreams.